Welcome back to Camden Cast, your unofficial Baltimore Orioles fan podcast from CamdenChat.com. I'm your host, Mark Brown. I'm Eat More SK on Camden Chat, and we are recording this episode on June the 20th, 2013, in the evening. We are back, and the Orioles started today one and a half games behind in the American League East, and they're in second place in the division. Pretty cool. I am joined tonight by, and before before we join with her, we need to congratulate her because she just got married on Saturday. The boss of Camden Chat, Stacy Long. Stacy, how's it going? It's going great, and thank you for the congratulations. Is it still long, or is it folk now? Uh, it's legally, it's legally still long, okay. but I think in the future that will change. Soon it will be Stacy Folk, but for now it's Stacy Long. Yes. But she's back on Camden Cast either way. And, uh, well, we've been slackers for the last couple months because I've, I've just been a slacker and Stacy's been all across the globe and also planning a wedding and stuff like that. So that's all over with now. And that's all over with. So now so, it is Podcast City. So sigh of relief for Stacy. No more stress from all that. Hey, let's talk about the Orioles because holy crap, it's June the 20th and they're 42 and 31. Who saw that coming? I raised my hand. Stacy, who predicted 94 wins for the Orioles before the season began, and I believe they're now on pace for 93 wins. So Not that's uh, that's pretty good for Stacy. Not so good for me, who predicted 83 wins. But uh, in my defense, really, who could have seen the Orioles' offense being what it is? Because it's kind of absurdly good. For instance, uh, the Orioles, and of course this counts fielding, but the Orioles' position players have the highest cumulative wins above replacement and Fangraph's wins above replacement of all major league teams. That is insane. They're number one. Uh, if you measure them by fielding, by their UZR on there, they're the second best team in baseball behind only the Royals. Now a lot of that is Manny Machado, but not all of it. There's other guys who are just doing a little bit better than average, and that kind of stuff adds up. So we have the Orioles. Uh, they've hit the most home runs out of any team in baseball. I believe they have the third best batting average out of any team in baseball. Highest slugging percentage out of any team in baseball. What, like, Who are these guys? What is happening? Who could have seen that coming? And of course, first and foremost is Chris Davis. And, I mean, you can't even heap enough superlatives on Chris Davis. He's just unreal right now. I feel like there's like, what is there to say about Chris Davis that everyone hasn't begun saying already? Because he is everywhere. He is, you know, there are articles being written about him all over the place. People can't stop talking about him. He is going to start the All-Star game. And he's hitting, I mean, he's just unbelievable. And I cannot believe that he's ours. Right, he, he's, he is. He's ours. He's the Orioles. and And we got him all because of trading Koji Uehara to Texas. And we were so sad when they traded Koji. I was like, no! How can we ever live without Koji? Well, when I look and see Chris Davis with 26 home runs, leading the majors in home runs after 73 games of the season, it's like, whoa. Okay. I do still like Koji's sideburns, but uh, then I also like Chris Davis having seven more home runs than anyone else in the American League having a higher slugging percentage than anyone else in baseball by 71 points. 
His OPS plus is 202. That's, I don't, that's absurd. Davis is slugging 720 right now, which would be the 26th best slugging percentage in a single season ever. And the only one that's been that high since steroids testing started. The best uh, since then is Albert Pujols, who had a 671 in 2006. So, of course, there's there's no guarantee at all that Chris Davis is going to keep slugging 720. But even if he's really, really, even if he's just good instead of really, really good, he's just in the middle of an amazing season. And just when you think he might be, like, slowing down, he just comes back and hits a couple home runs like it's no big deal. He doesn't even care. Last game against the Tigers? Oh, yeah. Sure. Hit a couple home runs. Rick Porcello? Home run. Jose Valverde? Home run. Doesn't matter. Davis just hits them everywhere. The crazy thing for me about Chris Davis, he was the player of the month for the American League in April. And he had an 1171 OPS. And then in May, he had a 1210 OPS. He was even better in May. After he was the player of the month in April. What is that? How does that happen? I don't know, but it's awesome. It seems impossible that he will keep up this pace. And, I mean, maybe he will. But it seems impossible that he will. And I think that it's... I mean, the thing is, he can be quite a bit worse than he is now and still be very awesome. But I'm trying to, like, already you know, inoculate myself from the disappointment when he stops being as good as he is. Not because I don't think he's good. I do think he's very good. It's just that people aren't this good at baseball. Right. Well, his, you know, so yeah, people aren't meant to be having this exactly, but even his, his slow months of June so far, he has uh he's batting 288 with a 325 on base and a 644 slugging percentage. So if you take that 644 slugging percentage, that's still the, that still would be the second best in all of baseball and the best in the American League. Just if he was if he slugged that for the rest of the season, it'd still be just amazing. Yes, he's Chris Davis, and he's ours. And yeah, it's it's just uh, it's it's amazing and it's awesome. And Chris Davis, all star, is is probably going to happen. If somehow uh, he gets passed in the voting, I'm sure he'll be selected for the team. He won't get passed. If he doesn't. It's uh, it's gonna be. He has like over a million more votes than the next guy. See, I had I didn't even look at the most recent. I don't. I just get annoyed by all star voting. But you know what? It's cool that there's so many Orioles up there. It's very cool. Like, Stacy, as much as you and I get on the Orioles for things where they fail from a public relations standpoint. They're on this all-star vote orange stuff pretty seriously. And That's they are. They have rallies. <laughs> and I'm sure that has a lot to do with why Adam Jones is like the number one vote-getter among AL outfielders, which I love Adam Jones, but that's ridiculous. Well, you know, I'll say that has something to do with it, but, I mean... I, some of it is just Orioles fans are finally excited about the Orioles. Orioles fans are excited. Orioles fans are voting, but also teams, fans of other teams, are noticing that the Orioles are good. Yeah. And I don't think it hurts. Like in Adam Jones's case, he started off the season ridiculous. Yes. He's cooled down quite a bit. He's still he's still doing well, but he's cooled down quite a bit. Yep. 
Um, but he, and that's, you know, they start voting in like April, which right. is ridiculous. Right. But so, but I also, but I mean, the, the league is noticing that the Orioles are, are good. And, and we're not, I think that we are the most hesitant of, of anyone, I think, to accept that. Like uh, we were talking about yesterday, uh, I was reading the game thread over at Bless You Boys, which is the SB Nation Tigers blog. And some people were like, oh, the Tigers are terrible. They're playing terribly. And other people were like, oh, what are you going to do? It's the Orioles. And I was like, what just happened? Yeah, other that's Stacy. I was just thinking about that, and I was going to say something about that. Other teams are just like, well, you know, the Orioles are going to beat you. It's it's just what's happening, and it's it's only been they were good last year, totally unexpected, and pretty good so far this year, and they're just like, well, eh, it's the Orioles. What are you going to do? And I'm just and and I'm sitting here just. Waiting for them all. Well, it's not as bad as it was last year, where every every two game losing streak, I think this is the end. But you know, I I don't. I still am waiting for them to kind of just go back to being average rather than go back to being awesome. Which so I'm not I'm not following my resolution that that we talked about on last <laughs> podcast before the season started to appreciate the uh, the fact that they're good. It's just so hard, and you all know that it's hard because you lived through. 15 losing seasons also but you know this it was just uh the way that they're good is is totally unexpected because just for a while they had scored the most runs out of any offense in the league which is insane and even now they're entered Thursday's play scoring the second most runs of all teams in baseball 360. Just, it's it's just it's amazing, and it's not even all Chris Davis. 98 home runs isn't all Chris Davis. You know, you got Adam Jones with 15, JJ Hardy with 14. It's 25% Chris Davis. Yeah, it's a lot Chris Davis, but not all Chris Davis. Even well, I mean, imagine the team if only they they had league average pitching. League average pitching is all it would take, and they would just be like running away with the American League. I, that's that's the one thing I always dream about, and and that's even without like they don't take walks, they have one of the lowest walk rates. Doesn't matter, they just get so many hits. Adam Jones is walking even less than he ever has before, which is saying something because he never walked a lot, but he has a 2.5% walk rate. Doesn't matter because he's slugging 5.21. If he cools off, that'll look bad because. 303 average, 326 on base. Well, if your average drops 30 points, then you're in subis tourist territory there. Yeah, and Adam Jones has never, I'm, he's never been a 300 hitter. He's always been, a, you know, 280, yeah. 275. So, yeah, you drop 25, 30 points or 20, you know. Jones's career high batting average is 287. And last year he had a 4.9% walk rate. So, walking uh, 34 times in 600. 97 plate appearances is not a lot to begin with, and he's literally on a pace for about half that already low amount. Yeah, and you know, he is such a talented baseball player that even if he only walks 5% of the time, which is really low, then he can make up for it in a lot of other ways. But when you're only walking 2.5% of the time, 3% of the time... It's a very razor-thin margin Yeah. to play with. 
along those lines, of course, Manny Machado is also awesome, but he's also not walking a lot. He's at a normally Jones-like pace of 4.5%, but he's just hitting everything, all the doubles, all the time. So, hey, that's it. And and if there's one person I don't really worry about, it's Manny, because I just look at him, and I'm just like, oh my god. He, it's actually stupid how good Manny Machado is. Yeah, and the walks don't really bother me right now. Because he's only he's only twenty. Right. I mean, he turns twenty one in a couple of weeks, and I think you know in in the minors he showed that he could get on base, yep. and I think that he's hitting plus playing so well every aspect of the game other than taking walks right now, yeah. and he's only going to get better. Like if you take into account that whole you know what twenty seven twenty eight year years old is when you hit your peak as a baseball player. Right. Manny is eight years younger than that. <laughs> he will turn 21 at the beginning of next month. He's still 20. He can't buy a beer legally. This something tells me they probably got him covered on the team charter planes or something. But you know, I'm pretty sure that if Manny Machado walked into my liquor store, he could have whatever he wanted for free. Yeah, you might be right about that too. But. I mean, when you not want to advocate underage drinking. When, when you, yeah, don't don't drink if you're under 21. Be be responsible. As, as Gary Thorne would say, please drink responsibly. But you watch him at the plate, and he just hits to all fields. He'll go the opposite way. He'll pull a ball. He hasn't homered in like forever, but whatever. 33 doubles. It's is stupid and good. Yeah, 33 doubles will turn into, you know, 10 of those might turn into home runs. Next year. Although I just had an involuntary shudder from remembering all the times where we talked about, well, some of Nick Marcakis' doubles will turn into home runs eventually, but you know. Well, Nick went the other way. Yeah, Nick Nick went the wrong way and stopped hitting doubles and never hit home runs. Manny just doubles all the time, and he's fast and he swings around and it's awesome. It's all those things. I am a fan of everything about Manny, and 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 you guys watch him in the field. I mean. Like he just makes these plays that are amazing, and he does them so much that you're not even surprised anymore. No, it's becoming a routine, and that's wonderful and weird. Like when he just goes in on a bunt and like barehands it and throws it, or like takes five steps, dives, and then just fires a bullet across the field to get or a fast runner. When he comes in on a ball and doesn't barehand it because he has such quick hands that he doesn't need to. Yeah, it's it's just absurd. He has over 100 hits already, which is ridiculous. He's just, he's so good. And Score this one, Ortiz, with one hit. Yep. I'm very sorry. Stacy's computer has been assaulted then. by Red Sox. I, I had the game day on of the Red Sox and Tigers, and oh, the game I, ended. Yeah, the yeah, when the game ends, you get up. the audio. So that's the bad news. Oh, no, the Tigers have won. Holy crap. They walked off? Well, it says Tigers 4, Red Sox 3. Oh, yay! Bailey, looks like he blew the save. Johnny Peralta, two-run walk-off. All right. Oh, that's awesome. Well, see, I was so busy being like, turn off, turn off, that I didn't even know what happened. Well, so, okay, so the Orioles are now one game back in the American League East. Uh, excellent, excellent. Uh, update, uh, and that's old news for all of you as you're listening this uh, Friday morning. But. <laughs> but it's new to us, and the and the Yankees are losing, losing by five runs in the bottom of the eighth right now, so... It's one game back in the American League East for the Royals, so that's pretty cool. I totally forgot what we were talking. Manny Machado. Manny is so good. That's 
mean, you can't even come up with enough ways to say how good he's been. He needs to stop getting picked off first base, though. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. <laughs> would... It's only happened twice, but that's a lot. Just... Two times is a lot. Yeah. But. So there's there's okay. our one request for Manny. Please stop being picked off first base. Maybe uh, maybe he will. So by the way, in, in case you're wondering, after 73 games last year, the Orioles were 41 and 32. So they're one game better than last year. And uh, they were four games back in the American League East. So they're three games closer to the division lead than they were last year. I like it. After that many games. So that's pretty cool. Because, I mean, last year was awesome. And so far they're doing even better than last year. Which, uh, well, I didn't see that coming, that's for sure. <laughs> but maybe you out there didn't either. But, uh, you know, Chris Davis and Manny Machado are a big part of the reason why. Even, even if some of the guys aren't walking. Yes, and J.J. Hardy, who's also not walking. But say J.J. Hardy never walks, so we never we never expect that from him. But who do you think is the Orioles' walk leader? If if you don't know off the top of your head, what would you be? What would be your guess? And, and you all out there should guess too. Right. Is actually Nate McLeod. Huh, Nate McLeod has more walks than Chris rate. Davis. I think Chris Davis might have more total walks. Walk rate is the highest. Yes. That makes sense. Because Nate doesn't play. Davis as much. has 32 walks and Nate McLeod has 30, but Davis has got a six, a 10.6 percent walk rate, and uh, McLeod's is 11.2. So. You know how great has Nate McLeod been for this team? Yeah, and considering how much I laughed that he was their big signing of the off season. Oh, they brought back Nate McLeod. That, that was their one free agent move. Was re-signing him. And I made a big joke out of. They had a special conference call just to. Announced that they'd officially re-signed him and all that, and well, he's he's even better than last year, which was already have imagined that he would even be good at all last year. But I can't, and I just kept thinking that, and and I hope this isn't my Orioles mentality. It, it may be, but I just kept thinking, you know, they were so lucky to catch lightning in a bottle with McLeod last year that I didn't. I, I liked that they resigned him because it was such a. It was only what, about a million dollars, yeah. so it wasn't like a big deal. Yeah. But it just, I was like, well, he'll be a good fourth outfielder because oh, you know, Nolan Reimold will be back. Um, but I mean, for a team that doesn't get on base very much, you know, doesn't take a lot of walks, he's got a 372 on base percentage and stole 24 bases and it should be more, except he's gotten hosed like twice. He has gotten hosed by umpires. So- which is, which is a career high in stolen bases for him. His career high was 23, which he got in 152 games in 2008. So he's played in 62, and he has 24. Career high. He just looks almost unstoppable on the base paths out there. As long as the umpire is remotely competent, which, of course, you can never assume. And, you know, how great is it that the guy that leads the team in walk rate is also the guy who you're pretty sure is going to steal the second that he gets there? Right. Imagine that. A leadoff hitter leads the team in walk rate. It's awesome, is what it is. 372 on base, just like you said. And he every every game he plays, he leads off. So that's the guy you want to see up there. He gets on base and he's fast, which is good because that means he might still be on base when Chris Davis comes up or something, or Adam Jones or whoever wheel his way around the base. He actually doesn't even lead the team in runs scored, which is weird. Manny and Chris Davis have both, oh, and Adam Jones have all scored more. They play every game. and Yeah, he's only played 62 games. Right. Nate gets to sit against lefties sometimes, which is probably good because he doesn't hit as well against lefties. So imagine just having a 
having your players and using them properly, and they do well when they're used properly. I feel like Buck Showalter is taking a lot of flack um, this year. I think that's just natural for fans to, to to do that when something goes wrong. You know, he left the pitcher in too long. He brought in the wrong reliever. He did this, he did that. But the way he does his lineup, I have no complaints. No. Other than the fact that, well, they have to have Ryan Flaherty and... Well, what can, he can't do anything about that. DHing on a given day. Yeah. Yeah, he can't do anything about that. He, he definitely has done the best with what he's been given. And that's pretty awesome. And of course, you know, it's fair to get annoyed at, at things if you think he does something wrong. And what was it, back at FanFest, he specifically said he wants fans to hold him accountable and don't just settle for, well, they were good last year, so now it's all good again. You know, they... They want to do even better this year. And uh, you know, sometimes you see, well, he leaves a starter in, two batters too long. Or, man, why did he bring in blah, blah, crappy reliever? Like, Pedro Stroop. Yeah. Like, the, the the loyalty towards Pedro Stroop is probably the most annoying thing. Cause... Although Stroop has looked good the last couple times out. It's been low pressure, I know. But if that can get him back on track, like, and maybe ease him back. I don't ever want to see him in some situations. But, you know, if he can keep it together, then maybe Buck's loyalty will be rewarded. I don't know. He already lost him one game. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, It's been bad for, for Strove sometimes. And, of course, he's taken three losses on the year. And, and, and when it's bad, it's just so bad. Just, he, he, he doesn't know where it's going. And when he finally throws one out over the middle, it just gets hit eight miles. He's frustrating. Maybe they can invent another injury for him somehow. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with him. Just I, I don't ever want to see him anytime the game matters. Because even, even if there's like a six-run lead and, and he just suddenly walks two guys and gives up the home run, it's suddenly, oh, it's suddenly a three-run lead. Well, oops. That's true. Yeah, I think even last year when the bullpen was, you know, so ridiculously successful, he, his success always felt the most tenuous. Yes, because even, so. even when he was good last year, he had a high walk rate. Like he had a 5.02 walks per nine innings last year, which is bad. It's really bad. But the Orioles had, last year, they had five relievers who threw, six, or who threw 50 or more innings who had an ERA below three. That's pretty good. And that's not even counting Brian Mattis coming up at the end of the year and being in the bullpen as an awesome lefty. But this year, for relievers under three ERA, they only have uh, Darren O'Day and Tommy Hunter. Because the other guys, you know, they're not terrible, but... And they are both quite a bit under three. They're both under yeah. two, aren't Darren they? Darren O'Day is 165 through 32 and two-thirds, and Tommy Hunter has a 182 through ter- 39 and two-thirds. Tommy Hunter. And I would say that Hunter has been better than O'Day. I mean which is weird and feels strange coming out of my mouth, but Hunter's been so good, and O'Day has been very good, but he's had his moments where he's looked shaky yeah, and things has. have happened. He definitely has. But Tommy Hunter has been pretty solid. And, so, you know, the others aren't, like, super terrible. Now that Jim Johnson has settled down, I mean, you don't want, they don't really want your closer to have a 382 ERA, but where's the cliche? Well, if you take out... You know, two, three bad games. Well, three bad games, obviously, since he blew three consecutive saves at one point there. Um, you know, he was just so bad in those. But 
Yeah, well, his ERA jumped up a lot after those, and yeah. it's been going down steadily kind of since. Yeah. So, I mean, I think when it's all said and done, he'll be back where, you know, where we anticipate him to like, be. Since that Padres save on May – oh, excuse me. Since the Yankees game on May the 20th, he's done much better. Although, of course, there was that Blue Jays game where he gave up four runs and blew that. But he hasn't blown a save since May 26th, and uh, – He's only allowed one earned run in that time, so that's that's moving in the right direction. That's twelve, that's 12 straight it. twelve straight scoreless appearances after blowing four saves in six games. So, and, and if you take out the nine runs from May the twenty sixth and May the eighteenth, just take them out. I mean, not that they you can, count. but you know, just write off if if you're inclined to write off one. Two bad games. It uh, it really looks a lot better. So I don't know. He's uh, he's been looking more like the classic dirty gym we've we've come to enjoy. So and again, that's the Orioles winning in a different way because it was like, well, there's no way the bullpen can be as good as it was last year. It's simply impossible. So it's like all the all the national media types were like, well, there's no way the Orioles can repeat their one-one game record. They can't repeat their extra innings record. And no, they can't. But you know what they can do? They can come out and have the best offense in baseball, and then it doesn't matter as much what their bullpen is doing, or even that the starting rotation is extremely uh, not something I What's like to see. The uh, word? Volatile? Yeah. No, I don't know what the word the is. Starters but not have the fourth worst ERA of all major league teams. Third worst in the AL with a 4.76 ERA, which is pretty bad. It's just, just like you just imagine, man. What if it was just like a four ERA? Ah, but no, they can't, because they've had to have so many guys shuffling through. It's like, oh well. And Freddie Garcia is actually like sticking with a 4.89 ERA through nine starts, and Jason Hamill has 5.24 ERA, and these were. I mean, Hamill was supposed to maybe not be good like last year, but at least not, you know, five ERA level. Yeah. I mean, Hamill, he's definitely not nearly as good as he was last year, but I feel like he goes back and forth, and some games he looks like he's got it back and looks really good, and he might do that, and then he looks like... So I think... I mean, I don't know what to what to expect from him going forward. Like, I don't expect him to totally suck. Right. But he's not really the kind of guy you can rely on every time out. How did that turn into Chris Tillman and Miguel Gonzalez as the guys you rely on every time out? But after the if, Orioles socked around Justin Verlander Tuesday, uh, Chris Tillman now has a lower ERA than Justin Verlander. What? Unless I'm, unless I'm going crazy. It's not by a lot, but uh, Verlander has a 372, and Chris Tillman has a 371. Wow. So, there you go. Now, Verlander has thrown uh, not only four and two-thirds more innings, so that's not that substantial. That is. He usually pitches deep. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's something right there. Well, you know, I think that Tillman and Gonzalez and... When Chen gets back, I mean they don't have an ace in the you know in the definition that people use it 
Well, Kerbal loves those... throwing around ace, and just like every team's best pitcher is their ace, but right, you know, they're not. Well, yeah, every pitcher has their own ace, but as far as like you know, a great pitcher, they don't have that. But Tillman and Gonzalez and Chen, if you know, because he was pitching well before he got hurt, if he can come back and pitch similarly to how he was pitching before he got hurt, that's a really solid top three. It is. So then Very you just solid. have to say, well, what's going to happen with the last two? Well, Hamill's going to keep pitching unless he gets hurt, regardless. Right. But it, will he kind of move that down? I don't know. And then slot number five, I don't know. Is it going to keep being sweaty Freddy Garcia? I hate to see him pitch so much. Sometimes he does good, but sometimes it's just like, oh my gosh, it's torture. And then it's like, well, are they going to bring back Kevin Gossman when his 10 days after being optioned are up? Of course, he kind of got... Um, didn't have a great game in AAA uh, on Wednesday. So, the, you know, he wasn't exactly forcing them to bring him back. Although at the time they optioned him, the reporters were all like, well, it's not a punitive move, it's just they need an extra bullpen arm for a few days, which turned into they didn't use Jake Arrieta, so he could do the substitute emergency start for Hamill on Monday. Whatever. Ariad was bad, so he's out of the picture. I don't. I don't think. Don't think we'll see him anymore. I don't want to see well, him I can anymore. I imagine he's he's not coming back. It makes me sad because you know I was so high on Jake Ariad at one time, but yeah, he just he can't do it. And then yeah. it, no, as far, I'm sorry. So as far as the rotation goes, I think my tolerance of Freddy Garcia will depend a lot on what Jason Hamill can do. Right, because if there's two bad starters, <laughs> then. You, you can't really put up with either one of them as much. But if it's just, like, four guys who are decent or good, and then Freddie does whatever, it's like, well, who cares? It's Freddie Garcia. You don't expect right. Freddie Garcia. He's Freddie Garcia, and you pretty much know what you're going to get. And if what you're going to get is that at the end of the rotation with four guys ahead of him that are p- pitching well enough, then you're like, eh, okay. But if you got to go back to, you know, and see two out of five days, Hamill and Garcia stinking it up, then... Garcia's got to go. Yeah, and then then you got to, I don't know, and kind of Zach Britton's maybe the wild card because it's like, well, maybe they want the second lefty. Maybe they think he's turned it around enough to get a few more starts going. Because unlike Arietta, he did not completely stink it up on uh, on his start on Wednesday. Which no, is... Britton was good. I mean, good is, is maybe strong. He... He was effective, and he had moments where he looked, you know, pretty good. And he has gotten it together quite a bit at AAA his last several starts. So maybe, I mean, I think if either one of them deserves another start, it's obviously Britain. He hasn't been optioned yet, has he? Nope. He hasn't been optioned yet. Which is good, because, you know, the Jake Harrietta Memorial 30 minutes or less demotion seems to be popular with Duquette, so. Mm Mm-hmm. The fact that Britain was not immediately sent back to Norfolk is positive for him. Although, it's possible when Miguel Gonzalez comes off the paternity leave list uh, on Friday, they'll send Britain back off. Although, I, I expect it will be Travis Ishikawa that gets sent back off, because who cares? I, I just I feel like if they were planning on demoting Britain when Gonzalez gets back, they would have done it already and brought up a relief pitcher yeah. because that's how Duquette rolls. Right, he would have a relief pitcher in the bullpen for Friday knowing Gonzalez is going to start on Saturday. Right. And, yeah. 
So maybe that's not going to happen. So maybe it'll be like Travis Ishikawa gets sent to the great DFA in the sky. And so long we hardly knew ye, Travis. Literally, I didn't know him at all. Nope. And, uh, and I won't miss him. I'm, I'm sorry if the Ishikawa family is listening, but I, I, do, I won't miss him. He could be like this year's Bill Hall. He comes up for a couple games, whatever. Maybe he hits a home run, then he's gone. And, and that's pretty much that. Yep. Except Travis Ishikawa was never on the Young and the Restless or whatever, like Bill Hall was. Or... Well, so was J.J. Hardy. I know, yeah. Weren't they on at the same time, Bill Hall? I believe so, when they were both on the on Brewers. The Brewers, yeah. So, you know, we we can't so, all have sorry, these career Travis, highlights. Travis, never been on a soap opera, and we don't need you. Yeah, exactly. So, but, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with him. I, I don't really care. It's not worth getting worked up. And, in fact, we've spent way too much time. Talking about Travis Ishikawa already. No Travis Ishikawa yeah, so let's rewind it a little bit and reminding of uh, of Jake Arrieta who has disappointed me. There's there's another player who's disappointed both of us, Stacy, and uh, and I feel like it's time for maybe us to kind of get together and come together and pour one out for Nolan Reimold because I think his time's running out too. Well, I thought you were going to say Matt Weiners. No, yes, I Nolan wasn't. Reimold has definitely been sad disappointment. Especially to us. Yeah, and uh, you know, we once had grand plans for the Nolan Reimold movie, and he's, he just didn't look good before he went on the DL. He was batting 188 with a 257 on base, 327 slugging. That's not going to cut it. Again, if you want to go by your the Fangraphs wins above replacement, he was actually the worst player on the Orioles so far this year. It's Nolan, negative point six. And in the past, I mean, obviously, before last year, the Orioles weren't good, so it didn't matter as much. But in the past, it always seemed like the potential that healthy Nolan Rimmel could bring was worth it to put him on the team. And at this point, I don't feel that way. No, and- he, Nate McLeod has – he plays left field, and he's and he's good. At least, and he'll be good right up until then when he's not. Like, he has, I think, at, at this point, has played enough games good for the Orioles that, you know, he that's his spot, except for against tough lefties. And yeah. no one is not the guy to spell him against lefties. I mean, at this, I mean, what can Nolan bring that Steve Pierce can't? Yes. Although, you know, maybe they'll say so long to, to part a team, Steve, and have Nolan come up in that spot and use him sparingly. I don't know. But I just he's he's on rehab assignment in Bowie right now, for anyone who didn't know, but I'm assuming everyone did. And I don't even think he's gotten a hit there yet. Not that that really matters, but whatever. I don't know. I, I, I'm just ready to be done with Nolan. I, well, I know that um, Andrew Lewis, our Bowie Bay Sox dude, was at the game yesterday and said that Nolan... I mean, just looked bad. Because so. I think he, he was like DH for two games, and then yesterday he was actually in the field. And yeah, like you said, Andrew said he looked not very good. So, well, that's that's the breaks for Nolan, who is basically the same age as me. So it's not like he's young in baseball player years anymore. Not the kind of guy who is, is just going to keep getting chances. Because... Uh, I think he's probably on his last one. I had such high hopes. We we really did. After the 16 awesome games last year. They were awesome. 
He, and, he had five home runs in 16 games last year. This year he had four and only th- in 31. <sighs> but that's yeah. Nolan. So so we're about ready to pour out a can of Natty Bow for Nolan. And yeah, and I think it's, it's that's that. This also the casualty of. It's not like casualty because it doesn't make me sad or anything, but of of having a good team. Like you know, he, Nolan is one of those guys that you when you have when you're a fan of a bad team you cling to because oh if only Nolan's healthy we got to give him enough chances he could really be one of the things that on the next good Orioles team and now I'm just like whatever you can't do it get out of here yeah and, and we I don't think want we've you. gotten conditioned by Dan Duquette a little bit as well if it's mm-hmm. just like you know if you get the job done you're gonna stay and uh, if you don't so long he doesn't have any really sympathy whatsoever and I mean that's not to say he doesn't show loyalty to the good players but if you're not good you know you're out. Doesn't have any use for you anymore. Like, like just imagine, like, two years ago, thinking about Robert Andino getting traded, I would have been sad. Because I was like, oh, man, I like Robert Andino. He does Andino at the movies on the Jumbotron. And, wow, man, we can't get rid of Robert Andino. He had that big hit in Game 162 in 2011. Got to keep giving Robert Andino chances. And then after last year happened, then they traded Andino for nobody. Trayvon Robinson, whatever. They don't even care about Trayvon Robinson. It's like, oh. I'm not even sad because a good Orioles team doesn't need Robert Andino. Although the second base, need somebody at second yeah, base. somebody needs to be at second base, and Andino wouldn't be any better than Ryan Flaherty or Alexi Casilla, I don't think. So it's whatever. Don't don't miss those guys anymore. Or like we were just talking about earlier, Koji Uehara getting traded. It's like, oh man, how could we ever live without Koji? Well, get Chris Davis and Tommy Hunter, and two years later they turn into Chris Davis and Tommy Hunter of 2013, and. That goes a long way towards soothing the uh, departure of kind of irrational fan favorites. And Nolan is now in that category. He just, yeah. We don't need someone who's going to play and stink anymore when there's somebody better, either on the roster or in AAA or whatever. Just don't need to be sentimental about him anymore. Yeah. It does make sense. I don't want him on the team, but I'm still a little bit sentimental about him. I really thought that he could. Like, I thought Nolan could be doing what Nate McClouth is doing this year, only he'd be doing it, like, every day, and Nate McClouth would just be the one day a week the outfielders get a day off and Nate McClouth plays their outfield position or something. Like, maybe Adam Jones plays DH one day and Nate McClouth plays center field or something. Right, well, now that's Chris Dickerson. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I don't mind Chris Dickerson. He's got his funny little dance every time someone hits a home run. What do they call it? The treat yourself... Celebration. He's got a couple different ones. Yeah. He is quite a character. Yeah. Good clubhouse guy, right? We're always looking for those. It's uh, it, that kind of stuff matters, and you can you can get away with Chris Dickerson being your fourth outfielder, occasional DH, if you got, you know, Nate McLeod, Adam Jones, and Nick Markakis as your outfield. Who'd have thought we'd mm. be saying something like that? But it's true, and uh, that's pretty cool. Yep, Nick Markakis, who could be a starting outfielder. Yeah, I, I didn't get to talk about that when we briefly went over the All-Star voting earlier, but that also is a little silly that Nick Markakis is in a starting out, outfield position. But you know what? He deserved it. Uh, you know what? I will take it. Uh, yeah, I won't complain, but if if we're being honest, there's probably some Homer Baltimore vote flooding in there. But you know what? Every other team's fans have a chance to flood their vote also, and yeah, not. and there have been years in the past when I think Nick deserved to be on the he team. Did. He did. He really been. got snubbed on 
multiple years. Like, what year was it where Ty Wigginton was the Orioles' lone all-star? <laughs> I don't. Those were dark days. It was. It was. It was a dark, dark period of time, being an Orioles fan. And I, as my memory is, that Nick really got totally snubbed that year. Well, that's when it came down to like whatever position, whatever position they still needed to fill. Yeah. And it was something that Ty Wigginton could do and not Nick Markakis, so... Because well, Ty Wigginton had, like, a hot April that year and then was bad every other month. Yes, and everyone just kept remembering April and being like, oh, Ty, Ty Wigginton. Like, when All-Star game. Meanwhile, he was, like, kicking balls all over third base and... Yeah, Ty Wigginton was the lone Orioles All-Star in 2010. Nick Markakis had a pretty good year that year. Anyway. So he's gotten he's gotten kind of left out. So if this would be his makeup year, that would be okay. Or George Sherrill was the 2008 All Star for Nick's career year when he should have been on there. That's right. And George Sherrill had quite a good appearance in the All Star game, if I remember correctly. As I recall, that was the case. Not that he should have been there over Nick, but yeah. But then again, those were the years where we only got one Oriole in the All Star game because the Orioles were bad. Well, guess what? Not anymore. I mean, if listen. If Nick, Adam Jones, J.J. Hardy, and Chris Davis all start the All-Star game... And Manny Machado should be on the team, or it's going to be the worst snub in the history no, of No, he will be. He will be. He just isn't going to start because of Miguel Cabrera. Right. But he will be. But four starters out of nine positions? Yep. That's, uh, that's insane. Yep. Pretty cool. Half the infield, two-thirds of the outfield. I don't even know what world we're living in. No. It's uh it's it's the same world where the Orioles were in the playoffs last year, Stacy, and if the season ended today, if there was somehow still playoffs after the season ended today. Say your your buddy Andrew wouldn't like the I know, I know. If Andrew's out there listening somewhere in Pittsburgh Pirates land, uh, I hope he will forgive me for that slight, but <laughs> the Orioles would host the one game playoff. Oh man. Against Texas right now, in fact. So hopefully uh, the Rangers wouldn't pay back the Orioles for last year. So, I mean, they're on the way. They're on the way. Well, back. They're going to they're win the division this year. They don't need a wild card. It could happen. I mean, they're, they're one game back. Of course, about to play Toronto, who's won eight in a row. I don't know if that means I should be afraid because, holy crap, they've won eight games in a row. But No, they're due to lose. That's right. They're due to lose is what I'm also thinking. It's true. Chris Davis is going to get up there. Just homer off of everybody. Make them cry. It'll be great. I'd be okay with that. So if somehow the Orioles lose on Friday, which I certainly hope does not happen, the AL East, every team in the division would be 500 or better. That's crazy. Toronto is 35 and 36. So that would be really something. And the, uh, for instance, the, so Toronto is seven games out of the division lead. And in the National League East, the second-place team is six games out. That second-place team being the Washington Nationals, who you may recall, uh, both Stacy and I picked to be in the World Series in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might have missed a little bit on that one. We got caught up in all of the we got caught up national in the Nationals mania. hype, and you know what? I am okay to be wrong about that, because I have no love for the Nationals whatsoever. And... Uh, I'm in, in fact, I'm quite all right with hilarious Nationals failure. Well, I mean, Strasburg was on the disabled list for how long? It wasn't arm-related. It was his oblique, I think. Yeah. But 
like when they announced he was going to disable us, I was just like, so they kept him out of the playoffs so that he wouldn't get hurt. Yeah. And here he is getting hurt. Anyway, Bryce Harper running into walls or whatever and missing a while. Eh, whatever. It's okay to be wrong about that. Now, of course, you're doing better with your other World Series pick than I am because Stacy had the Tigers in the World Series. I had the Angels winning the World Series. The Angels currently have a 32 and 40 record, nine and a half games out of the AL West, eight and a half games out of a wild card spot. So. Yeah, the Tigers just always seem to skate in there every year. And they're gonna like. do it again. They're four games up over Cleveland, and what's Cleveland gonna do? It's like, yeah, Cleveland, Kansas City. Who cares? They'll just muddle along, and Detroit will muddle along a little bit better than them, and that'll be that. Seems like the only year, like every now and then, the White Sox give them some trouble, but the White Sox are awful. Yeah, they're not good this year. Give it to Detroit. That's life. That is life in the AL Central. They have absurd starting rotation. I mean, just just imagine if the Orioles somehow had the Tigers starting rotation. How crazy would that be? That would be that's like super team right there. I mean, the Tigers can pitch and the Tigers can hit. They can't really field, but. I mean, I feel like they should oh, – maybe it's just because the Orioles just beat them two out of three twice. But I feel like they should have more wins than they do. I feel like they should be a better team than they are when you look at their pitching and their lineup. Yeah, exactly. But it hasn't really – I mean, they're good enough for first place in the AL Central. But that's about it. It's not good enough to impress me and Stacy. I don't care if you're a division leader. We want to see more. But it's okay that they aren't that great because that means the Orioles could beat them four out of six. That's right. And hopefully four out of seven in the ALCS. That's right. That'd be all right. Maybe it'll be the Tigers that get the swept in four games as they did to the Yankees last year. Or some we don't want that to continue because then the Orioles would get swept in four games against whatever National League team. Probably the Cardinals just to make me mad. Stupid Cardinals. I, I don't like the Cardinals. I'm sick of them. Yankees in the National League. Yeah, except without the huge payroll, but... Somehow, even without the huge payroll, they're, they still annoy me. Plus, their fans are so great. Oh, the best fans in baseball. Look at us. We're so nice. We're in the Midwest. <laughs> People are nice in the Midwest. That doesn't it's mean weird. I'm going to like their baseball teams. Oh, no. I'm with you. Just sick of the Cardinals lucking their way into World Series wins. Now, of course, they have the best record in baseball right now. So that wouldn't exactly be, oh, they skate into a wild card and then get hot in the playoffs if, if it was like that but still I'm, I'm still mad at them for for that and just and you know and then and then, then the national league wins the world series and you have to listen to national league fans all year acting like the national league is a real league or something i, I am not a fan of when that happens uh at all well if it's the national league or like the yankees i'll take it yeah that's pretty much the only time or red sox or red sox Although that hasn't happened, but I would take it if it did. What is up with the Red Sox? They're the division leaders, but not by much. I I was wanting them to be bad this year, and they aren't. Yeah, well, I think that the Red Sox, at least they're good in I mean, the Yankees are coming back to earth, obviously. They're in third place. They're almost, they could almost be in fourth place by the end of this, maybe, or close to it, by the, if they get swept by the uh, Rays. But... The Red Sox, I think, if someone had told me, oh, yeah, well, the Red Sox 
John Lester will pitch like John Lester, and Clay Buckholz will pitch like the guy who threw a no-hitter against the Orioles in his second start ever. Uh, and I would be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So those, those two guys are, you know, really... Solid guys, for sure. It's not like a bunch of nobodies. Like right. It's not um, Vernon Wells. Although he's, Vernon Wells is... Oh, yeah, he's terrible now. Worn out his welcome with the Yankees fan base. The, yes, of course. Well, because he's terrible. The newly manager of the soon-to-be rechristened Pinstripe Valley, Tanya, would say... She's she's ready to fire Vernon Wells out of a cannon. It just sucks that he had to be good at all, though. Yeah. Like, for even, like, a week yeah. or a month or whatever. Yeah. Just be bad. Yeah. And they still got Travis Hafner doing kind of decent. Lyle Overbay slugging, like, 450. Lyle Overbay. Well, you know, Travis Hafner, if memory serves, they signed him before all of their ridiculous injury issues. Yeah. Like, he was kind of like a reclamation project when they signed him, but I remember when they signed him thinking, oh, well, that could turn out really well for them, you know, because he had hit so well in the recent past. Right, it's just he was hurt. Problems. He's no freaking Lyle Overbay. Yeah. Picked up off the scrap heap. But, of course, maybe people say that about the Orioles, Nate Cloud or Miguel Gonzalez or whatever, but you know what? I got orange tinted lenses on, and haters can just keep on hating. The Orioles are good. And as much as we have a hard time accepting that sometimes, Stacy and I, uh, it's it's still true. I'm doing a much better job this season of enjoying it than I was last season. I am too, and not that you would have known. I probably would have been in panic mode like every podcast if we'd still been recording weekly, but maybe it's, maybe it's better that we didn't because I still would have been panicking every podcast, expecting to get swept every series. But, I mean... The Orioles are good. They're doing well. It's it's awesome. Like even just every game, if they fall behind or if the pitching isn't looking Unless that great, I'm just like, like eight to nothing doesn't matter. They're just gonna. Hmm? Unless they're behind like eight to nothing or something. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's like three runs, that's still like well, I just got to get a couple guys on base, and then Chris Davis or Adam Jones comes up or JJ Hardy or whatever. Even Taylor Teagarden will get in on the act with a three-run homer every now and again. <laughs> They're good. It's weird. It's weird. But I'm I'm learning I'm learning how to be a fan of a good team. We are getting used to and it. I'm getting there. We're getting used to it slowly but surely. You just have to hope nobody gets hurt because there's nobody. The second base DH situation is bad enough. The scrap heap's probably even more thin than every other position. They've burned through all the quote-unquote pitching depth. So that's the problem, too. But Spring training. Oh, we have so many pitchers. Orioles' triple-A rotation could almost all start in Major League Baseball, I think was maybe what Steve Molesky said. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go ahead and go with no. Turns out Jake Arrieta, Zach Britton, Josh Stinson, Jire Jurgens, and whoever the heck else it was. Not as uh, not as impressive as some wanted all of us to think. Not that I ever thought it was impressive to begin with. Some people acted like it was. Yeah, I thought that the the fifth starter competition was a tough call, only because they were all just so thoroughly mediocre. Yeah. Not because you had guys fighting to get to the to the starter position, and the rest of them would be good, but have to go down to AAA. Like it was kind of like, well, which 
Which which of these piles of, of crap smells the least? <laughs> and uh, that's what it's turned out to be so far. It turns out Freddy Gonzalez smells the least. Yeah, Freddy Garcia. Freddy Garcia. Freddy, he sweats the most, but he smells the least. Why do Freddy Gonzalez? That's okay. That's the guy who manages the Braves, right? Yeah. It is. Sorry, Freddy Garcia. But he's here. He's on the Orioles, so we root for him to do well every time. Even That's right. It pains us. He doesn't. He doesn't hit his wife. Doesn't. So, I hope he does well. Yeah. That's exactly right. So we're at about the time where it's time to wind down. So, Stacy, do you have any sort of last thought on the Orioles baseball life in general? Anything? I don't know. Well, I just want to say that I'm really glad that we did this. You know, we I, we've had people asking where the podcast is, and we kind of got off off track. But it feels really good and really, you know, like the right thing to do and to be to be back in the saddle. So thank you for asking me today if we could do this because I'm happy about it. I would like to apologize to all the listeners out there that it's been so long since the last podcast and that we were sparse through the off season. It's pretty much mostly my fault, and uh, I'm going to do better about it because this is always fun and. People were missing it. I was getting emails and tweets and comments on Camden chat. Oh, when's Camden cast coming back? And I'd always feel a little bad. I'm just like, oh, man, got to make that happen. And then tonight I was like, yeah, yeah, let's make it happen. So we did. And uh, we'll try and be back. Maybe not every week, but maybe every week and a half, something like that. And uh, as often as Stacy and I can swing it and possibly with guests, uh, probably from other SBN sites or wherever Maybe we can find people interested in talking a little baseball uh, about an Orioles future opponent with us and give us some insight about what it's like to be a fan of that team and, and keep on having fun. And, and maybe we'll get to do some more playoff previews. Man, that was fun last year. I can't believe that happened. Orioles, please keep on winning for us. That, that would make me happy. But so far, they're doing a good job of it. And... Uh, you know, maybe if the offense slows down a little bit, the pitching staff will get a little better. But there's there's reason to believe they can keep doing well. Even if maybe they falter a little bit. Maybe they don't make the playoffs way down the road, but it's not going to be a disappointing season in the sense that it's stunk. If it's disappointing, it'll be because we actually had expectations that were high and maybe they didn't quite meet them. What if they're two games out of the playoffs? That would be disappointing but not the same kind of disappointing as barely avoiding 100 losses. Big difference, as it turns out. So when we'll be back next, I can't tell you right now, but it will be sooner than this, and hopefully next week sometime. But for tonight, that's all we've got. So the future Stacy folk, for the future Stacy folk, I am Mark Brown, and we are bringing you Camden Cast. This is Birdland, and we are out. <laughs>